What's your favorite scary movie? We're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas. I'll never turn to the dark side. Enter Ben Walk Can you introduce me as Joker? I am the father. Can you hear the music, Robert? Yes, I can. Hi everybody and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 97 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in each Friday and hearing what I have to say on movies and cinema alike. And got another great show for you today, going to be bringing you my reaction to Lisa Frankenstein, as well as some movie news, uh, particularly one of my most anticipated films of the year. Some uh, exciting photos dropped on Valentine's Day appropriately, uh, but I will uh, continue to hold you in, dis- uh, in suspense uh, for a few moments longer. Uh, again, episode number 97. Hard, hard to believe. It's been two years and counting since the start of the show, and it's been one hell of a ride, and I can tell you right now, I'm just getting started. A lot of great films to talk with you about this year, and uh, certainly kind of tease out what is going to be on the the docket for uh, for next week. Uh, I've been saying uh, the last couple episodes that I wanted to, to try and profile uh, as many of the Oscar nominated films as I as I can uh, before the before the big day next month. And so next Friday's episode is going to be dedicated to my reviews and reactions to a number of Best Picture contenders uh, this year. Uh, just off the top, going to be finally talking about Killers of the Flower Moon. I've kept you in suspense long enough uh, with that, but uh, part of the reason for it is uh, I've been recently reading the book and just sort of wanted to kind of get a an interesting comparison and, and maybe uh, contrast a little bit uh, the differences between uh, the film, which is a a masterpiece, and I know that is a, a word that is thrown around a lot, but it, it's certainly in the running, at least in my eyes, uh, as one of Martin Scorsese's best films. I also think it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best films, in addition to Lily Gladstone, who, uh, you know, if I had my if I had my way, she would win Best Actress uh, next month at, at the Oscars. But uh, more on more on that uh, next week. So. Uh, save the uh, save the date. It's going to be an Oscar-centric episode. Going to be talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, American Fiction, and probably one or two other films as well. So uh, save next Friday for an Oscar-centric episode, and I hope you enjoy it. But uh, before uh, before I begin with today's episode, again, just want to say thank you for tuning in each week and being a part of this show. Your support means the world to me. Uh, and if you could, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be a great 
time to rate and review drop a just a simple rating even really helps with uh, raising the profile of the show and, and all the algorithms and whatnot. But uh, in addition to that, if you could uh, be so kind to share this podcast with your friends, your family, anybody who you think might enjoy listening to a movie buff go on and on about his love of cinema. Let me let me fill people in, if you will, uh, over my love of movies. But in, in all seriousness, just thank you. Again, I know I say it every week, but I, I really do mean it. Your support and encouragement and just overall friendship is one of the main reasons why I keep doing this. So just thank you for being a part of this journey uh, with me. And uh, I'll raise a glass right now. Here's to the movies, past, present, and future. All right, so the film to talk with you about today is Elisa Frankenstein. And the best way I can describe this film without going too much into spoilers, I'm not going to do a full uh, spoiler review uh, in case you are planning to see it, as it did uh, just open last week. Uh, but the best way I can describe it, it is Edward Scissorhands meets Freaky. Now, Edward Scissorhands, for those unfamiliar, is a classic, and I mean that in every sense of the word, a classic film from director Tim Burton starring Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder from the 90s. And essentially, it's the title kind of gives it away. It's about this uh, young man uh, named Edward who has scissors for hands. He's sort of a, a Frankenstein-esque creation, if you will, and he moves into this suburban town and ends up falling in love with Winona Ryder's character. Very heavy Edward Scissorhands hands vibes from this particular film and i i throw in the film freaky which incidentally stars uh catherine newton as well she's in this film uh lisa frankenstein but in terms of the tone because there is a there's sort of an, a, an interesting element of darkness with the film it's not a, a you know a, a slasher film in any sense of, of of the word but but there is some some macabre elements uh, to it and the humor in it very much is akin to the movie freaky whereas you know again there's not you know pratt falls or whatnot but it's more from the absurdity of the situation the movie freaky just to, to catch you up if you haven't seen it is essentially a freaky friday meets halloween uh a serial a, a slasher if you will ends up body swapping with a a teenage girl and you know basically you know it's an out-of-body experience movie uh, very much uh, played for for laughs and there's, there's certainly a camp element to it and and those sort of vibes are present in this film though maybe not as uh not as much so the the premise of this film involves a misunderstood girl named lisa who through a miraculous event shall we say becomes involved with a reanimated corpse of somebody from uh like the seven you know 1800s uh and together they they sort of form a, a friendship and a bond and begin this wild romance and and sort of murderous uh uh ride shall we say that is both twisted bizarre and oddly sentimental I, in a lot of ways, there's there's some John Hughes elements to this film. It's set in the 1980s, uh, which is just a great aesthetic, if you will, for 
a lot of movies, particularly horror films, uh, since a, a great number of, say, slasher movies came out during that time. And, and this is an interesting concept because it sort of takes the the premise, if you will, of a, of a quote-unquote Frankenstein movie and and gives it the, the look and tenor of, say, The Breakfast Club or, or Sixteen Candles, if you will. And that's a, an interesting combination. It's it's very 80s, very very much uh, from that that decade, but uh it, it certainly, you know, doesn't doesn't hold back if you will. I mean, th- this is a a wild ride from start to finish and I can see it becoming a cult favorite in the years to come. It 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 did well, it really didn't do well at the box office. Not that that is ever an indication of of success. Or, or failure, as you've heard me say many times on this show before. But, uh, you know, it, it didn't quite, uh, you know, reanimate the box office last weekend. But I do expect it will find an audience uh, in the same way that other films uh, in this vein think uh, Jennifer's Body, from uh, which starred Megan Fox, and that came out back in 2009, 2010, and that is now a, a celebrated uh, cult hit. And so I, I expect Lisa Frankenstein will find uh, an, an audience, especially once it goes uh, to uh, to you know the home video market. Actually, later this uh, month. So I, I expect people will uh, find it, and, and it will develop quite a following because you know the, nobody is is phoning in uh, a performance, even uh, from Cole Sprouse, who plays the uh, the quote unquote monster, if you will. It, it's actually very well done. And oddly funny in a lot of ways, but the from the set design to to the script to just the look of the film, it's really well done. And again, very very much an Edward Scissorhands meets Freaky with uh, with with sort of hues of of John Hughes, if you will. So it really was a was a treat. I was taken by this film the minute I saw the trailer, and and I can say that it, it lived up to expectations again disappointed that it didn't quite uh, make a splash at the box office but again that sort of is you know the 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 way things roll sometimes doesn't always uh you know connect with uh with with audiences the first go around but uh, i don't think this is going to be a an obscure film that will fade uh from memory i i really do think it will uh it will find an audience and and will become as i mentioned a celebrated cult hit down the road because Catherine newton is phenomenal in it i i i hope we get to see more of her in these kind of projects i loved her in freaky as i mentioned this is on a whole other level and she i mean she cranks it from zero to 100 uh, at the blink of an eye it's just a it's a master class and she again she plays this sort of like a misunderstood goth girl and again there's a there's really an interesting dynamic and, and dichotomy going on uh, with her characterization, and, and it's just, it, it's it's a wild ride. Again, very, very much a, a, an Edward Scissorhands vibe, but 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 darker <laughs> even. I mean, the, the, again, the, this film has some dark elements, but it's never 
it, it's never anything you can't stand. So don't don't uh, if you know, if you're sort of squeamish or, or on the fence, don't uh, think of it uh, that way. This is not a, a quote unquote slasher movie, uh, if you will. I would I would really put it more as a horror comedy. Which uh, you know I've, I've mentioned this before in the show. Comedy can work very well uh, with horror, particularly when you sort of take a situation and make it. To the uh, you know, take it to the the most extreme level, and and with this particular film, you know, you, you set it in the 1980s. You have sort of the the misunderstood girl in school who then finds romance through a reanimated corpse. I mean, there you go. That that that's a match made in movie heaven. So Lisa Frankenstein is definitely worth uh, worth your time, and uh, I I hope more people continue to discover this film and that it continues to. Uh, to resonate because uh, it, it is an absolute ball. All right, switching it up here a little bit before I close out today's show. Some movie news to uh, fill you in on. First, Dune Part 2 had its premiere. Actually, as of the recording of this episode, I believe they're still in the midst of their premiere over in London. But talk about a film that is garnering tremendous praise and it hasn't even opened yet. It opens in just uh, just under two weeks. Mar- uh, March 1st is the, the opening day for Dune Part 2, the long-awaited and anticipated sequel to 2021's Dune. And talk about one of the most mesmerizing and spectacular sci-fi films of... I mean, I might, some might say I'm overstating it, but I, I don't care... It's it's easily one of the one of the most mesmerizing sci-fi films of the last half century. It is a towering achievement, and by all accounts, now granted, I have not seen the film, uh, but from every indication and from the early praise that has been uh, revealed, shall we say, it it is looking to be nothing short of a majestic masterpiece, and in the same category as another celebrated sci-fi sequel, The Empire Strikes Back. And again, those are not my words. Those are words coming from, hold on to your hat, director Christopher Nolan. So high high praise from from Nolan. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to this film. Uh, I'm hoping to see it actually on February 29th, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Uh, I will see it then and try to have a review for you on March 1st. But uh, if if, uh, scheduling uh, conflicts, then it will be the following week. But uh, I'm hoping to have my review for you on on the day that the film opens. And again, I I imagine this is going to be a film that you will need to see multiple times. So again, if if everything goes according to plan and, and my... A review drops the first, then uh, it will it will be still me sort of basking in the glow and, and and processing everything. But again, just from all accounts, you have trailers, interviews, discussions, the film looks to top looks to be topping the original in every capacity in terms of scope, characters, and, and just overall quality not not to diminish the first film in any way because as i mentioned a few moments ago that one is uh, not to uh, to overstate it but is a masterpiece and so it'll be interesting to see if doom part 2 can can do what 
few sequels have uh, been able to accomplish, particularly in the sci-fi realm. You're in a very small category. I mean, sequels generally uh, can be a, a misfire uh, one way uh, or the other, but uh, you know, when they when they do land, think uh, Terminator 2, The Godfather Part 2, The Dark Knight, The Empire Strikes Back, when those sequels occur, they are events, and, and Dune Part 2 looks to be in that same conversation, so can hold on uh, just a few more weeks, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm feverishly anticipating uh, this film, and, and you know, I have to say, it was not uh, necessarily on my, my radar, so to speak, even though I, I knew this film uh, w- was coming out, and I enjoyed the first one, but uh, certainly in the last month or so just with the with the hype surrounding this film you can't help but be be caught up and swept away in the anticipation for it and of course i am a a a lover a connoisseur of of cinematic uh excellence and and this film just sort of has that that caliber all all through it, whether it's the the directing, the acting, the production value, the cinematography, the the musical score, everything here is sort of checking uh, the boxes, if you will. So again, hard for me not to be caught up uh, in the excitement of it. But uh, uh, I'll tune. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about it in a few weeks after I've seen the film. But uh, again, when you when you start hearing things like you know, the Empire Strikes Back of of modern day uh that's that's going to get some some eyebrows and going to get some butts in the seats so uh stay tuned for my reaction to dune part two in just a few weeks but lastly a little bit of news to uh to fill you in on before we uh before i end today's show on valentine's day as i mentioned at the top there was a, a surprise well not really a surprise uh drop of three photos for my most anticipated film of the year, my most highly anticipated film of the year, Joker Folia Deux. This is the sequel to 2019's Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Lady Gaga. And I'm glad that I waited to record this episode because I almost recorded this episode earlier in the week, but uh, I'm glad I did it because now I can uh, comment on the photos that were released by director Todd Phillips in honor of Valentine's Day, showcasing uh, Joaquin Phoenix again in the clown makeup as the Joker, as well as Lady Gaga, who is playing Harley Quinn, another uh, celebrated comic book character with a strong tie and history to the Joker. I will leave the a link in the show notes if you want to check out the photos yourself. But uh, again, this film... Talk about a movie that I loved the first time I saw it. And Joker is, is one of those films where it, it garners a lot of discussion. Some people love it, like yours truly. Others are, are mixed on it. Some uh, just hate it overall, hate it, uh, uh, and, and don't want to speak of it. Uh, but one thing that is, is sort of universally... Uh, true with this film, or near universally true with the first film. Joaquin Phoenix gave a tour de force performance, and 
I am expecting that to be the case with the sequel. And I'm even more curious to see what Lady Gaga does with the character of Harley Quinn. Uh, she, you know, of course, you know, is celebrated as a as a singer as an as a, an entertainer, but she is a very accomplished actress and, and has done a number of great performances in recent years. Think A Star Is Born and even House of Gucci. So I'm curious to see what she does with this character. It, it looks to be a much more in depth and and psychological portrayal of the character than what we've seen before vis a vis. Margot Robbie, who played the character in a number of, of films back uh, a few years ago. So I'm curious to see what she brings to it and how her, her pairing opposite Joaquin Phoenix is in the film. But again, just looking at the photos and looking at them right now, uh, I, I, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check, but when, when, you, see, uh, when you see a little sneak peek, uh, of of what is to come, you can't help but uh, go through the roof with excitement and anticipation. So that was sort of a nice surprise, if you will, uh, for Valentine's Day. I figured we would probably get a little tease for the movie, given that there was a a photo revealed last Valentine's Day. So uh, you figured there would be something uh, yesterday. So Joker, Folly Adair, we're getting closer to the film, October fourth, twenty twenty four. The first teaser of the film is expected to drop sometime in mid-April, and that is coming, uh, that is confirmed by director Todd Phillips. So, uh, again, full steam ahead uh, with, uh, with with Joker 2, uh, as I will uh, refer to it from here on out. But, uh, again, if, if uh, you've been able to, to bear with me with the Oppenheimer train uh, up until this point, uh, certainly once the Oscar season is over, it will be all aboard the Joker Express. So, again, I apologize in advance. If I am a bit uh, insufferable with my uh, anticipation for it, but uh, it's easily my most uh, hyped film for for the year. Again, anything starring my favorite actor, Joaquin Phoenix, is going to have my attention. And this, again, just from the snapshots that have been released and knowing what I have uh, seen from the previous film, I'm expecting another tour de force performance from the Academy Award winning actor but uh more on joker folia de as the year ticks along but that is all that i have for you today i want to thank you as always for tuning in and hearing what i have to say on movies again if you haven't had your fill of me here you can check out the other show that i do with my friends dc uh unlimited with uh, chris evans and anthony caruso but that is all i have for now i'll be back next week and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies All copyright material used or referenced in this show belong to the rightful owners and is made possible by the Fair Use Act. Thank you for listening to Phil at the Movies.